Hi, my name is Jenny. Good morning, my name's Yuri. And welcome back, Brew Crew. You are listening to the Adam and Eve branch of the Conscious Cuppa podcast. Thank you for turning up and tuning in. Are you ready for some more goodies? Woohoo! We're back to delve into, ponder and wander through the Bible stories, revealing their hidden meanings and characters. We'll share how they've helped us discover the true meaning of our very own human imagination as it creates and shapes our life, the universe and everything in between. Our claimer rather than a disclaimer is that we firmly believe the Bible is not history but an allegory, a story told as if it's true. When it describes people like Jesus, Joseph, Jacob, Job, Joshua, (laughs) all the J's, again, amongst others, these are states of mind, states of consciousness, not actual historical people. We believe God is our awareness or consciousness and that we are all God, together dreaming this strange dream into physical reality. We hope these discussions give you a confidence that helps you to discover what you can do today and every day to cushion the blows that come our way. We really love hearing from you and enjoy your input. Our question to you is, if you were at a party, a picnic, a lunch, with one of the characters of the Bible, what would you ask them? Please send your questions and suggestions to the show on Twitter at ConsciousCuppa and via email ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. That is C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A. And you can even leave a direct message on our anchor.fm webpage. And Brew Crew, send us your beautiful mugshots too. And stay tuned right at the end of the show for your very own African Easter egg. But for now, we invite you to grab a brew, take a pew, sip in and wake up. Yuri, what did I what did what did what I did do? you do? What did I what do? What did you do? You bought Taylor's coffee in a bag. So we have this coffee, but it's in a tea bag. It's in a tea bag. Basically. Kind of sounds like a good idea, but I'm a little bit apprehensive to well, say it, the least. It is definitely sold as a convenience thing so that you don't have to use a cafetiere yeah. or the machinery that we which, typically use. Which is a great idea. I but love just, that. But the head the head is just saying, what? Mm. Eh? Eh? Mm. Okay, so it's been brewing a while. Yeah, let's so, see if it's it's any good. We'll, Come on, Jenny. We'll pause and have do all the concoctions of milk and sugar and so on. Okay. And give it a taste and Let give our know. verdict. <laughs> it's, it's, early, it's not very coffee, is it? It's not bad. It's not bad. If you like a weak cup of coffee. A weak cup of coffee. And it's supposed to be a number four strength, which is quite strong. Yeah. But this is not our typical coffee. We use less grounds than are in those two tea bags together. Yeah, we have a, a pumpao coffee in the morning yeah. don't we? We, really and do. we we do mix it with water as well so this this is not getting the thumbs up this is a bit like one cup tea we hope that you've got something wonderful in your cup in your glass in your flask cheers so here's what we do jenny and i are doing a bed talks instead of a ted talks so we're currently sitting up in bed keeping the show 
hopefully all relaxed and easy going. Each episode we pick a question, this week a suggestion from the public as we take a magic minute trip in the lift of life and talk through the subject as we learnt it as a kid. After that, we send it through the D gobbledygook machine and see what's been learnt since we got muddled up way back when. Then we'll put 10 minutes on the clock and share those new insights that we've had since then. Finally, we'll join all these new perspectives up to see what this all means in terms of law of attraction. Hashtag LOA, law of attraction, what does that all mean? Basically, what I am thinking about all day is colouring the canvas of my life. Imagining creates reality. It's time for Magic Minute. And this week's suggestion from the public comes from Claudette. Claudette has been using the power of prayer to help her family and friends. And we thought it would make a brilliant subject for this week. Let's call the lift of life and see what we can say about everything we were taught as a kid about praying. Let's roll the dice and see who descends and ascends first. I've got four again. Wow. Two minutes on the clock. Okay, Jenny, do you have a joke for us? I have a a, a joke about a sinking ship. A captain is concerned and asks everybody, does anybody know how to pray? One man sticks his hand up and says, I will pray. And the captain says, thank God for that because they were short of one life jacket. (laughs) Oh, dear. Not nice, Captain. The captain's supposed to go down with the ship, right? Yeah. Here's the lift. So what did you think prayer was as a kid, Jenny? I definitely thought that prayer was what you saw in the movies, which is a child by the side of the bed, on their knees, asking God for something that the story required. The hands are together, the eyes are closed, and... The story would usually be that, you know, at some point towards the end of the the film, the child gets what they want. Or it's often for the town, it's often for the parents. It's interesting because I have a similar memory of what prayer was. And it it comes from the Waltons, that family that used to live at in the sort of the prairie in America. Yeah. I think that was on probably on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning and... um. But I I don't remember their prayers ever being answered. Maybe sometimes instead of dying, they got well. But I I don't remember anything particularly great happening. And I think of prayer as quite miraculous as well. Yeah, I remember I did go to church. I know you only went to church a few times, but you must have experienced going on your knees. Oh, yeah. Putting your hands together, at least closing your eyes. Yeah. Peeking a little bit to see what if everybody else was closing their eyes. The priest would say something and you'd go to a church where you don't really know the etiquette or the ritual. So you might not say amen. You're supposed to repeat some lines. Mm. I always felt really stupid because I never knew where to say what I was supposed to say. Yeah. And I didn't really believe in the prayer. When yeah. I was a kid, I didn't really believe in God, so I didn't expect anything. Yeah, pretty much had the same feeling. I think the only prayer I did know was the Lord's Prayer, because we said it in assembly. Oh, of course, yes. So that that was on repeat, five days a week. Well, we'll come to the Lord's Prayer definitely during this next ten minutes. We're going to update everything and, and show what prayer really means according to the Bible. 
So let's get 10 minutes on the clock. Well, the first thing I'd like to do is invite you to read two of the Neville Goddard lectures. One is called The Secret of Prayer, so that, that speaks for himself. Yeah. And then the other one is Lesson 5, Remain Faithful. These really comprehensively cover what prayer is and what the purpose of it is and how to do it. But if I'm to break it down, so the purpose of prayer is to move states. This is a real fulfillment. This is a real solution to any problem you have in your life. May it be wealth, health, love, communion, fun, growth, spirit, work. You can have what your heart's desiring if you pray. And what is this prayer that we're talking about? We're essentially talking about moving from the state where you don't want to be into the state where your wish is fulfilled. Indeed. So prayer is asking yourself the question, what would it be like if I was now the person I wanted to be? Or what would it be like if I now had the thing that I wanted to be? Now, straight off, we should also remind ourselves that we are praying all the time. Essentially, prayer is thinking. You're praying you're, you're saying what you are because everything that comes out on this level is a self-concept. So whatever you're thinking about, these thoughts are colouring the canvas. Everything is a prayer. Everything is saying, I am that I am. So when I start to contemplate what I would want instead of what I seem to have, I'm going to be putting myself in a new state and surrounding myself with the thoughts and imagery in my imagination of what I do want. That's the prayer. But the prayer is not a please may I have. The prayer is a thank you that I have this. Yeah, it's a first person present tense. I am, I have, definitely. So it's definitely this feeling of appreciation, joy, piety, adoration for your imagination and the fact that your imagination fulfills you. We have been taught to think of it as something that is a future, from the future to come to you, or you want to meet that thing in the future. Now, that's true to some extent, but whenever we go into our imagination, everything there is already present, it's already finished, it's already done. So when I go into my imagination, whatever I pick there is now attached to me and my I am this. So you're clothing your experience in inspired words, inspired thought, inspired in that these are things that you do want. And this is using the senses, but this is not using your outer senses. This is using your inner senses. This is not a mortal sense. This is an imaginal sense. Yeah, we have in the seminar used the room of requirement that J.K. Rowling uses in Harry Potter as a way of thinking about going into a room. The room of requirement has everything that you need. Yeah. Think about the state that you want is like a room that you go into. It has everything you need and it's yours. It's a gift. It's not something you have to ask for. The reason that you need the thing in the first place and the reason that you have the desire in the first place is because your higher self has recognised you're in need. You've got a bit of a lack there. Let me give you a desire for you to say yes to the gift and come and receive it in your imagination. 
But like you said earlier, it's a first person singular present tense experience. It's not something that's going to happen when you get to your imagination. Wherever you are in your imagination, it is happening. Mm. And that's a really important distinction from the idea that you might have to ask and maybe you'll be given. If you're in your imagination, whatever you're doing in your imagination is happening. I remember I used to dance alongside this young guy who was a body uh, a break dancer. I used to do body popping. Later in life, he went to Hollywood mm. and he became an actor. And I remember writing to him to congratulate him because I recognised who he was when I saw him. And I didn't get a reply because he probably gets thousands of letters yeah. or he might not just decided not to respond. But when you're in your imagination, you're having instant actual responses. There's no wondering whether or not God heard my prayer. Everything I think is being heard and acted upon by my subconscious mind. I'm making impressions that are going to become expressions. So what I would add to this is um, the idea that having is receiving. So that you've created this prayer in your imagination, but it's a having and therefore you've already received. The faith and the persistence of this is explained in Luke eleven five to 13. And there's a word called importunity. And this is about brazen impudence. Ooh, yeah. It's assumption. You are just absolutely assuming that you have the thing you so desired. Is this the story about the widow banging on the judge's door? Or is it the one about, it might be the same place where the the person wants some bread because yeah. they've got a visitor. Yeah. Yeah. So you just keep knocking until you get a response. Yeah. Even if it seems impossible or really hard. Yeah, absolutely. You keep knocking. So perseverance, brazen impudence, these wonderful words. And of course, there is the the biggie, the Lord's Prayer. Yes. This is all, the Lord's Prayer is all about oneness. Uh-huh. And this is about being your I amness. It also leads on to the part part that says about trespassing, uh-huh. and this is all about forgiveness. So your prayer isn't just a way of bringing about what you do want. It's about solving problems you have. It's about forgiveness of you and anything your brother does, because you're being urged to see it differently. Yes, and. It's not about changing people or changing people's behaviour so much as it is about changing how I experience that person. Yes. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6, and all of Matthew 6 is fantastic. It's really worth reading. It follows on or is rather an extension of the Sermon on the Mount, which we've talked about in the past when we would done the episode on meekness. It's really just a wonderful chapter. Matthew 6. So check that out. Also, Mark eleven twenty four. I've got that written Have down. Have you got that written well, down yeah. too? Okay, give us a bit of Mark eleven twenty four. Well, it's what you do want rather than what you don't want. That's what Mark eleven twenty four twenty five is talking about. Yeah, pray as if you have it and it will be given to you. That's basically what it says, which is so what we've been saying in virtually every episode of this season. To master the art of prayer, live in the state of thanksgiving. Mm. Be thankful. And I'm really learning and practicing this 
that what I talk about, what I think about, I'm forever like you were saying in a previous episode about cutting down to the stump. I'm yeah. I'm pruning my thoughts. Yes. Daily. I don't always catch them, but even at the end of the day, I do a prayer, which is the art of revision. So I go back over my day and mm. revise anything that wasn't lovely, wasn't how I did want it to be. And I also prepare my next day. It's almost as if every time you think you're imagining and prayer and the word praise sound to me like they're basically the same thing. Mm. So it's almost like as whatever you're thinking, whenever you're imagining, it should be worthy of praise, not praise of anybody outside yourself. Like, you know, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't have done that because we know where the source is, the I am within us. Mm. But it's more like every time you journey into your imagination, there's so much abundance, there's so much wealth there. I mean, obviously you could imagine terrible things. You could think horrible, unlovely thoughts. But the encouragement with prayer is that you think the most wonderful things Think of the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse eight, and it's encouraging you to just swap all the unlovely things for the lovely thoughts and just stay with them. Every time you go into your imagination, just it's almost like going in, skipping and dancing. Yeah, you're delighting, aren't you? With that soundtrack of your wedding song. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry we went over time there, but it seemed to be worth it. I was getting into the praise mode there. So now we've got an extra five minutes to see how this all can be applied to help in everyday life and the use of law of attraction. So just like with Claudette, who's been using prayer to help move things, change things in her own life and for others, you can use prayer for yourself to put yourself in the state of being that you want to be. Yeah. But like Job, you can pray for others too. Yes. Everything that I'm thinking about others, if it's something that they would say, oh, yeah, that would be nice, they can accept it. So whenever I'm thinking of another person, I need to be thinking the lovely. So even if they're doing something that I don't like, it's my experience of them that I need to change. I will be responsible, able to respond differently. And I can do that internally by changing the thoughts that I'm having about that person, about myself. So something else from Matthew is it's telling you a method. It's telling you in Matthew 9 to go into your closet, to close the door. What does that mean? It doesn't mean get into the wardrobe, <laughs> like in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. It's saying go in within yourself, go in and close your eyes, shut your senses out, the senses that are telling you this is like this, this is like that, that's going to be hard, that's going to be difficult, that's impossible, we don't do that. Instead, we're closing our eyes to what the senses are telling us and we're putting ourselves in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. We're getting ready to praise. So I'm closing the door, I'm closing my eyes to the world and what it's suggesting and I'm praying in secret with my father. Why the father? The father is the one who's in charge of the storehouse. What is the storehouse? The storehouse is imagination. It has everything. Everything is already finished. Creation is already finished. So everything's there. There's nothing that isn't there. You can pick from 
everything. So go ahead and pick the lovely thing that you desire. And then when you return to the physical level, having finished imagining, having thrilled, having praised, like, thank you, wow, brilliant, then you'll have that experience that you've imagined in space and time. In some space and at some time, that experience is going to be yours. And if it's something that you've wished for somebody else, it's going to, you're going to hear about it or you're going to witness it. And it's lovely because um, when I was talking to Claudette, she was saying that this has been such an antidote to her worry. So this is something she doesn't want. She's, yes. she's worrying, she's concerned. Yes. Somebody's not very well or somebody hasn't got enough money to do what they want to do, etc. Yes. And then what she does is interrupt that immediately with a prayer. And yes. I am this yes. and I have this. And then when she comes out of that prayer, having thrilled, having really felt that the appreciation, joy. Yeah. the joy, the delight, she feels relieved. Yes. She feels relieved of that worry and that worry is just taken and it doesn't play on her mind, she was saying. The very least we can do is stop worrying because worrying is actually only bringing the heaviness of the problem. It's giving it, attention it's to it. It's multiplying, it's giving attention, it's giving life. Remember that exercise we done on the last episode where we had what I had was, was a stone in the left hand. That's the worry place. That's yeah. the I want place. That's the I need place. That's the lack and loss place. As soon as you move it to the imagination, it has to be fulfilled somehow. Yes. So the only feeling that you could really feel would be joy, would be relief, would be satisfaction, would be fulfillment. Now, I did have an experience with this with some neighbours. They like to have a party late into the night. But sometimes I needed to sleep, so I had to say a prayer. And the prayer isn't, I wish they would shut up. No. <laughs> no, the prayer is so quiet now it's always affirmative the prayer the f the the best prayer is affirmative because we're praying all the time but the best prayer for something that serves everyone is going to be lovely it's going mm. to be true if it's the ideal and it's, it's about what you do want yeah it's not that i want the police to turn up i wanted to go to sleep so i would imagine silence mm. Just imagine silence. And every moment that I could feel silence, I would just expand it and enjoy the silence. Mm. And you know what? Within half an hour, the party was over. Yeah, because when you're in your imagination, that is you as God, the I amness, you're omnipotent, you're omniscient, and everyone outside is a slave ready to do your will. There's one last prayer that, Neville talks about, he does talk about the Lord's Prayer, actually. So you can just look up Neville Goddard's Lord's Prayer. But in his first book, Your Faith is Your Fortune, which is my favourite book next to Five Lessons, he talks about Psalm 23, which is also a famous prayer from the Bible. And he breaks that down. And it's a wonderful breakdown. It lets you, a lot of the Bible language is so, it's poetic, but it's it's hard to fathom in terms of law of attraction but let him take you through psalm 23 it's in the book your faith is your fortune which i think is free online so you can look that up and just enjoy the interpretation that helps you to understand how prayer works yeah 
we will be doing a Neville Goddard episode as the last episode of the series, which is going to be in a few weeks' time. Yeah. So if you've got any questions about Neville Goddard or about what he teaches, send those in. Thank you so much for listening and learning along with us. Send in your beautiful mugshots and your questions about the Bible, about Law of Attraction or about Neville Goddard. So contact us on Twitter at ConsciousCuppa and via email ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. We really love to hear from you. This has been a swell cuppa, a slurping good time and the perfect brew to wake up to. Bye. Bye. waiting right until the end for your very own African Easter egg. Jenny, it's your turn. It is. Okay, it says, where a woman rules, the stream runs uphill. That's from Ethiopia. Where a woman rules, the stream runs uphill. Mm. It's like almost like the impossible gets done mm. when a woman rules. Yeah. Feminine. Nice one. See you next time. See you next time.